give yourselves a hand. You got out of bed this morning. Come on, we celebrate you today. Come on. It was one degree when you got out this morning. You deserve a round of applause. Yes, you deserve you deserve all the round of applause that you can give yourself. All the round of applause that you can give yourself. Uh, we are so excited to see you. It was one degree when you were born. It was still one degree. Uh, it was just crazy. But we live in Maine. We expect it. <laughs> oh, I complained about it. So uh, my wife's going to come up here and talk about it for just a moment. Don't get too excited. She's not going to be up here long. I know you guys like to get really excited when she comes up here because you do not look any prettier. <laughs> but um, if, if anybody was with us for, uh, for Christmas, uh, I told my friend to come out for breakfast and give us our little gift today. call her ugly, because I'm pretty sure he did, because if she's ugly, then he looks prettier when he's on stage. It's not true. I don't either. You, 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 like, you bring, what I'm trying to say is that you bring the, like, what it looks like on here, like, up. I'm trying again. Digging a hole. Some of you, I would, I would almost ask, I'm not going to, but I would almost ask how many of you are here because of Instagram and not Facebook, and we would probably have half a dozen at least, so um, we've, got, we've got quite a few. inappropriate, we probably won't answer it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the way that we like to do the questions for the Q&A um, online is you can fill out the back of that connection card and fill it out, but you can also say, like, hello at redmondmain.church, and you can, we won't be, like, saying, like, oh, go to Moabas, blah, blah, blah. So, we'll just be hitting anything, you know, relationships, marriage, parenting, um, friendships. Give her a hand because she's beautiful. Come on. Thank you so much, honey. Well, uh, as I mentioned before, we are in the midst of looking for some basic prayer. We are super excited for what God is doing uh, within my state here this morning. The reason why we're in 20 minutes of prayer is because um, one of the things that uh, gets asked to me often anytime that I find myself in a season of fasting is that a lot of people tend to ask, 
So when when I fast what I am doing is I am doing my best to hone in the voice of God in my life. That that I would listen to him, that I would be able to hear what he wants from me during that time. And so that's why we're 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 spending twenty one days of prayer and fasting because um, we want to hear the voice of God. In, in preparation for hearing the voice of God, we're in this series called Whisper. It's inspired by a book by a guy by the name of Mark Batterson that is way smarter than I am. I am proud as I am so smart. I, there's a, um, I think it was one of his sermons or um, podcasts I was listening to something. He was talking about um, that he, he's a reader. He likes to read. And that he's read over 35,000 books in his life. And I'm going, man, I wish I could just read 35 books. So um, he's just, he is a, he's an avid reader, and that's why he's so smart. But he's written this book called Whisper, and it's all about how to hear the voice of God. So that's the series that we're in. We're, we're inspired by the book. Um, we're presenting the logic of material. Um, obviously, I couldn't give you the whole book in, the, in, in four weeks, um, but we've got this week and next week, um, and I'm really excited for, for the next few weeks and uh, how to hear the voice of God. by talking about the bravest prayer that anyone could ever ask. The bravest prayer that anyone could ever ask is speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And we talked about how the reason, the thing that makes that scary is what we call ourselves servants. Because if we tell God that we're going to serve him, then we have to do what he asks us to do. And so we talked about how that is the bravest prayer that we could ever, ever pray. And then we too, last week, we talked about talked about how there are seven love languages that, that God speaks to us through. Number one is scripture, and, and, and then the rest go, go on and on. There's desires, dreams, and doors. There's people, and prompting, and things. And so for the next two weeks, this week, what I thought would be, be best is if we really focus on scripture. Because scripture is the primary way that God speaks to us. And because scripture is the primary way that God speaks to us, then I believe that it deserves the most amount of our time. And so uh, this morning we're, we're talking about the word of God. We're talking about the word of God in, in our lives. We all have a worldview. 100% of human beings have what's called a worldview. Now a worldview is, um, is defined as philosophy of life or conception of the world, whatever you want to call it, right? It's a part of the question of, of, of a worldview. And so a lot of times our worldview is shaped 
questions to vote. Two questions to vote. Number one, the first question that we got asked was, where are you going to meet? Everyone wanted to know where we were going to meet, which was great. We loved that question. The problem was I couldn't always answer the question. We didn't. We, we weren't always going to meet in Wyndham High School. I had to, had to wait patiently for that to happen. But the second question was that was asked almost every time without fail was, what is your stance going to be on the LGBTQ community? Without fail, we were asked that question. And the first time that I was asked it, God, I believe I was led by the Holy Spirit to just give this answer. I said, well, let me tell you who we want to be. These are our five cultural values. And I started to list them. And then I got to number two that said, we're going to be our people. We will be known what we're for, not what we're against. And without fail, every single time, people would say, all right, great. Don't, don't even tell me the other three. I don't care. I don't need to waste your time. Told me not. And here's the thing about being known what we're for and not what we're against. Because this is a challenge that we face. We live in a culture where tolerance is elevated above truth. We live in a culture that tolerance is elevated above truth. It's considered wrong to say something is wrong. And frankly, I believe that that is wrong. I think, uh, but at at the same time, it's ludicrous to think that everyone is right and no one is wrong. That's That's insane. Hand out trophies before you leave, and everyone, everyone will get a trophy, and, and everyone will be happy, right? That, that's the culture we live in. We're not handing out trophies, by the way. I apologize if you got your hopeless. We're not in the budget this year. Sorry. But we live in a everyone gets a culture, everyone gets a trophy society. And when we say that we want to be known what we're for and not what we're against, we're not saying that we're going to be intolerant, but we're not saying that we're going to be tolerant either. But we are saying that we will always choose truth and we will always choose grace. We will always choose truth and we will always choose grace. Because that is exactly how this book pairs things. This book, it is paired with love and with grace. And we will do our best that every time that we preach this book, because we will preach it every Sunday, every time we present it, we will do it with the most amount of love and grace that we can. But there are times, oh, there are times, where it just stomps on my toes, and it doesn't necessarily make me feel loved. But that's where I have to choose it as my final authority. That's where I have to say, okay, God, you know what's best. It doesn't feel good. It hurts a little bit. But you know what? I'm going to choose to follow it. In your Bible, in your John chapter 1, verse 16, John there, also with the guy that he calls his follow follower, that's the two versions I have. Are they called or am I bad? And then he writes this, that he needed how to get there on your YouTube app is on the screen behind me. John chapter 1 verse 14 tells us exactly how grace and truth are paired together. It says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came for the father, 
Jesus was full of grace and truth. Later on, just three verses later in verse 17, it says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus changed the game, ladies and gentlemen. He changed everything. Because now we're able to, to, to be known what we're for and not what we're against because we are for Jesus. And Jesus is full of truth and grace. And every time we present truth, we'll do it with love. This is super important. Write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down anyway. Grace simply means that I will love you no matter what. Grace means I will love you no matter what. Truth means, truth means that I will be honest with you no matter what. I will be honest with you no matter what. And in this book, the both of those things collide. Honesty and grace. Truth and love. So everything we do at the refuge, we'll do everything with truth and love. We will speak truth with love because Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, speaking the truth with love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, Christ. So what happens when we speak truth and love, we grow. We grow. And that's exactly what we want to do because we want to be a healthy church. We want to be a church that, that does welcome all people. We're going to tell you the truth about your life. We're going to welcome you here while you're here. And we're going to make sure that you're loved while you're here. We're going to make it hard for you to go. We're going to make it hard for you to leave because, because we love you. Even though the truth hurts, we want you to stay because we, because, because we, we believe that God has so much for you. But I don't want to make today about me. I want to make today about you. I want to make today about the scripture. Because the Word of God is the primary way in which God communicates with us. And the reason why the Bible is so important is because there have been millions and millions and millions of books written. There's a lot of books of, of, of self-help. There's a lot of books of self-improvement. There's a lot of, of books about how to do things and how to teach yourself things. But none of them are like the Bible. The Bible is unique, and it's unique for two reasons. Number one, it is living and active, like that says. The Bible is living and active. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates it, and even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And maybe that's why so many of us don't really like it. We don't really like to be judged, do we? We don't really like to be, be um, we don't really like to be cut up. That's, that's what that's saying. It, it will cut you up. It is a dangerous book. It's a dangerous book. But so many of us don't like it because it does judge our thoughts and it does judge our attitudes. So what do we do? Because we don't like the, the way it, it addresses things in our lives. Maybe, maybe the way it addresses things 
turn it off and say, you know what? I don't, just because it says that about my friend, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like the Bible because it does judge people. And so we just say, you know what? It must not be true because I don't like it. It must not be true. else in our life do we treat that way? Because I don't like it, it's not there? What? Because I don't like it, it's not true? Here's the thing about the Bible. We don't just read the Bible, the Bible reads us. We don't read the Bible, the Bible reads us. Can I just say, if you struggle with the Word of God, I want to I invite you this week to go to refugebay.church forward slash messages and look back at August and September of 2017. We did a series called It Is Written. It Is Written. Uh, we talked a lot about why the Bible can be trusted because ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is a trusted book. It is a book that can be trusted. We talk about some things that um, are often talked about as making it, making the Bible false, and so we, and we address those in that book, and I don't want to, or in that series, I don't want to, um, I don't want to preach that series right now, maybe I'll, I'll do it again, because it was, I thought it was that good, it was, it was worth it, because the Bible is so important in our lives, the second thing that makes the Bible unique is that we never get to the bottom of the Bible, we never get to the bottom of the Bible, here's what I mean, according to Rabbinic, the word is rabbinic, which simply means Jewish rabbi, according to the Jewish rabbi. Why did I say that from the beginning? Because I wanted it to sound smart. That's exactly why I try to say it. According to rabbinic tradition, every word of scripture has 70 faces and 600,000 meanings. In other words, the Bible is a kaleidoscope. No matter how many times you read it, No matter how many times we read it, it never gets old. It is timeless and it is timeless. Every morning that I read it, it reads me and it shows me things in my life that I need to know for that day. Just this past week, I was sharing with uh, those of us that gathered to pray for prayer. One of the, one of the advantages, one of the uh, perks of getting up uh, before six and being at the church office to pray that you get to hear about the pastor's quiet time. And um, I was sharing with them this last week uh, how I was reading a passage of scripture in Genesis chapter 22 that, um, that I have read probably at least two times. I'm just kidding. I probably read it, I've probably read it a hundred times in my life. It's the story of Abraham and Isaac. When, when God asked Abraham to take his son Isaac to, to, to the mountaintop, let me tell you, I could not get through the first two verses of that passage. I, I was just, I was in tears as I read the first two verses of Genesis chapter 22. And the reason I was in tears was because I knew what was coming and I knew how beautiful it was. And all of a sudden I started thinking to myself, I wonder how old Isaac was when Abraham took, took him up to the, 
top of the mountain to, to sacrifice for you. And I'll just say right now that it was older than I thought it was, but that's for another time and another place. Maybe it'll be something for me to, to dig into later on today. But at that moment, I just remember thinking, man, it doesn't matter how many times I read that story, I will always find something in it that, that, that is interesting to me. Because the Word of God never gets dull. It is never boring. When you take it and you, and you live it and you apply it to your life, you're going to find God moving just for a moment. So the question now is, what kind of goals do we have in reading God's Word? What kind of goals should we have in reading God's Word? Every year, this time of year, I, I, I tell myself, all right, I'm going to read the Bible cover to cover this year. This is going to be the year I do it. I'm going to read the Bible all the way through. I'm going to read the Bible in one year. I'm going to get a Bible app. I'm going to follow it. I'm going to do everything I can. Last year, 2018, I said to myself, I am going to read the Bible all the way through. Guess what? I failed miserably. Miserably. This year again, 2019, I'm going to read the Bible all the way through. I am batting up thousand, by the way. I'm, I'm in it every day. But here's the reason why. Because I've got friends that I'm reading it with. I've got, there's, there's three other pastors, there's four of us, that are going through this, this plan called Be Sure to Look on, on the YouVersion Bible app. You can download it. You can, you can read it with us. And, and I'm, I'm in it, and we're, we're talking about it. We're, we're texting each other about it. And, and we have an accountability that I've never had before when it comes to reading God's Word. So, but, but here's the thing. You know why I failed last year? Because I got to a point in my, in my daily devotion where all it was was something to check off my task list. All it, beca- it, it became something that I had to do. It became something that if, I, if it got to be 3 o'clock in the afternoon and I hadn't read my Bible, then I'm going, oh, shoot, I didn't read my Bible today. I need to go do that. Well, why do you need to go do that, Adam? Are you doing it to put it into your life? Or are you doing it just as a task? And so what happens with me, and I'm just, I'm just preaching to myself right now, ladies and gentlemen. What happens to me is, is I, I start to look at the Bible as a task. But ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is not a task. The Bible is to be lived. The goal of reading our Bible is not to get through the Bible. The goal of reading the Bible is to get the Bible through us all the way through me, head to toe, that I would live it every day. The Bible, the goal of reading the Bible is not to get the Bible, get through the Bible, but to get it through us. Allowing the Bible to be alive in us, to change us, to make us new, to challenge us. But the Bible going to make a difference in our life, if the Bible is going to make a difference in our life, we must have one element. There is one element that we all must have in our lives if the Bible is going to make a difference in our life, and that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. When we take the Holy Spirit out of reading God's Word, all this book is is a book of the law. All it is is a book of the law. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the law is not life-giving. I don't, I'm not attracted to the law. I'm not attracted to rules and things and lists of things that I, that, I, that I need to do. That doesn't attract me. And so what would happen when it wasn't part of the checklist, it was just a part of following the law, I would stop doing it. But I have to look at the Bible in a different way. And the only way that I can do it is with the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to be present if the Word of God is going to make a difference in our lives. If, if the Bible is going to mean anything to you, the Holy Spirit must be present. And maybe, just maybe, the reason why some of you have a, a hard time with the, Holy, with the Bible is because the Holy Spirit isn't present in your life. Can I just tell you, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He doesn't force his way into our lives. The Holy Spirit will only go where he is welcome. And the way that we welcome the Holy Spirit in our lives is by inviting him. So if you're here this morning and you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, you you don't know God as your don't know Jesus as your Savior, God is not your Lord. We ask, we like we challenge you to invite the Holy Spirit today. We're going to have a moment at the end of our service where we're going to allow you to to invite the Holy Spirit into your life, and I believe that He makes all the difference with every aspect of life, not just the Bible. You never get to the bottom of the Bible. But the Bible does get to the bottom of the Bible. You never get to the bottom of the Bible, the bottom the Bible does get to the bottom of us. Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve again. It penetrates even the dividing of the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our hearts. It gets to the bottom of us. So maybe this is what makes us uncomfortable, right? It pushes us, it challenges us like nothing else in life. The Bible can be trusted. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 says, So it is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return empty. Some other translations use the word void. It does not return void. But it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God has a plan. Corinthians 2, 9 through 10 says, Whoever, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, and the things that God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things that God has prepared to add to us by his spirit. By his spirit, ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit makes all the difference. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're doubting all of this. 
again, I suggest that the Holy Spirit must be present in your life, in all of our lives. We must invite him in. But even for those of us that have invited the Holy Spirit in, we still tend to mess this up, right? Come on, somebody, look at your neighbor and say, I mess this up too. Come on. Look at, look at him and say, I mess, it, I mess it up too. We all mess it up. Because we are all a hot mess. All of us. And so, I've got two ways to pull fruit the Bible in your life. Two ways to, to pull fruit the Bible in your life. Number one, in the words of the philosophical giant, Nike, just do it. Right? Just do it. Never look at the slogan, just do it the same ever again, because we will do the word of God or we'll do the word of God. If we're going to live out this book, we must do this book. We must act on this book. The most dangerous thing for us to do as a church and as a follower of Jesus is to read the Bible but never do the Bible. We have to find a way to do the Bible. We have to know it and read it so that we do the Bible. The Bible doesn't become active in our lives until we act on the Bible. It doesn't become active until we act on it. We must be doers of the word and not hearers only. James chapter 1 verse 22 through 25 says this, Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in the mirror and looks, and after, sorry, looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and not adjusted something? Maybe I should look at, maybe I should say it this way. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror and noticed a booger in your nose and not picked it? Of course you're going to pick it. You're going to do something. When you look at the mirror, when you look in the mirror, you're going to fix whatever you see. Some of you are fixing things that you don't see. This could be fixing something. Some of you are looking in the mirror just to be looking in the mirror. Ladies and gentlemen, I love how practical the Word of God is. He says it's just like looking in the mirror and noticing you have a booger in your nose and not picking it. That's not what he said, but that's what he meant. We must become doers of the word. When it says to love our enemies, we have to love our enemies. The second thing that we have to do in order to pull through the Bible is to abide in it. To abide in it. The definition of abide, because I know the word doesn't get used very often anymore, but the definition of abide is to accept and act in accordance with. To accept and act in accordance with. Now, in in week one, just two weeks ago, I talked about how the voices in our lives, um, the ones that we know the most are the ones that we hear the most. 
I told a story about my mom. I scored a, my, my only touchdown playing football. And my, I could hear my mom from the bottom of the pile saying, that's my boy. I'm probably 100 yards away. I could hear her voice because I knew her voice. When we abide in God's word, we can truly know the voice of God in our lives. It becomes undeniable because we're abiding in it. Can I just tell you that I want to abide in God's word in 2019. I want to to do God's word in 2019. But if I'm going to do God's word, then I have to abide in God's word because I can't do what I don't abide in. It has to be a habit. John chapter 10, verse 1 through 5. It says, I tell you the truth that anyone who sneaks over a wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. So picture with me, Jesus telling a story about this, this sheep pen, this pen of fill, filled with sheep, and this shepherd with his staff that's, that's guarding these sheep. And he's telling these people that whoever goes over the gate instead of through the gate, whoever goes over the fence, they must be a thief. Keep going. Verse 2. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and he's and the sheep recognize his voice, and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, and the, and he leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him. They follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from a stranger because they don't know his voice. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know the voice of God? So that God can lead you in your life. I want to. I hope that that's your desire. Because, because this is in John chapter 10. And later on we find John chapter Abide in God's word. Guess what? We live God's word. We do God's word. Jesus talks about abiding in Him in, in, in John chapter 15. Verse 7, it says this. And with this verse, I conclude. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. If you abide.
abide in me, and my words abide in you, then ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. That sounds like something I want, ladies and gentlemen. But Jesus is saying, he's not saying that he's a genie. He's not saying that he's a genie in a bottle, that, that he'll give you whatever you want if you just figure this out. Because what happens is when we figure this out, guess what we want? We want what he wants. We delight ourselves in the ways of the Lord, and he gives us the desires of our heart. But when we abide in God's word, we start to want what he wants. And we start to say, God, speak to your servant and listen. Now, whatever you want from my life, message I talked about. The Holy Spirit is the element that must be there. But the Holy Spirit makes all the difference. And I told you that we were going to give you a moment to invite the Holy Spirit into your life if you never have. This is that moment. This is that moment. All our, our prayer team is coming forward to the stairs so that if anyone that's in this room has something to that needs prayed for, they're, they're here and they want to, to pray with you. But if you you are here and you've never invited God to be in your life, we believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you ask the Holy Spirit into your life, you're asking God into your life. Is there anyone out there that with your hand raised, you would acknowledge, I have never asked God to be in my life. I've never asked God your hand. I want to I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. It's simple. Say God, I know I don't understand everything. I know that I don't. But I do know that I want you in my life. And I know that because Jesus died for me and he came back to life I know that you can be a part of my life. So God, I ask you to be a part of my life. I invite the Holy Spirit to dwell in me. Make me new. Make me different. In Jesus' name I pray. If you're a
you're a Christian and you're here, head bowed, eye closed, looking down. No one looking around. Just stay right here. Reading the word of God is a discipline. It's something that we that 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 takes practice. Something that takes discipline. Some of you may just need to start small. Start with reading a verse and, and reading it throughout the entire day. Hide God's word in your heart that he may not sin against you. Maybe you need to start with just, just a chapter, two chapters. Just The goal isn't reading through the Bible. The goal is reading the, allowing the Bible to read through us. I want to pray with you that you would abide in God's word. Father, I thank you so much for what you're doing in this room. Lord, I know that as people have their heads bowed and their eyes closed, Lord, I know that you're working. I know that there are people here in this room that need to start looking at your word differently. So, Father, I pray that today's message will inspire us to open your word even to read again, not so that we would read through the Bible, but so that the Bible would get to our hearts, that it would penetrate our soul and our spirit, and that it would change the way we love, the way we live, and the way we treat each other. God, that it would change who we are, Father, so that we would be people of both truth and grace, so that when people come into our lives, that we can tell them the honest truth, tell them the, 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 that we can be honest with them because we do love them. And Father, help us to have grace for people that we will love them no matter what. God, that they can't hurt us because we know, God, that you are there, that you are with us, and that you will help us in that love for them. Father, I pray that the, the word of God would be something that we abide in in 2019. Father, for my own personal life, God, I promise you, these people that I will do my very best to abide in the word of God this year. That I will read it and that it will read me. If there's anything in my heart that it would always convict me. That in my conviction that I would take action and that I would remove anything in my life that doesn't belong there because of, of your word. Father, continue to whisper to us every day this week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you end the service the same way that we started the service with a round of applause? Come on. Give God a hand today. God is good. We're going to sing a song and you'll be dismissed.